When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Unfortunately, we've run out of time today. Whatever it means for you in your club, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Cool. So welcome to another episode of We'll Talk About That Later. This is episode 61. Um, I am Junior and I am joined by some uh, some usual suspects here. But we also have um, someone new. But I'll let him introduce himself in a bit. But everyone else, introduce yourselves. Come on. Always here. You call us, you call us the regulars from now on. The regulars. <laughs> the regulars. I like that one. Like, like I'm a pub owner or something. <laughs> and as usual, Mark never says his name. Never Be says right. his name. Never. <laughs> like I said, I prefer the regular. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, we got Mark. You heard her voice, Big but she tan. didn't herself. But yeah, Big. Well, well, I was, I was getting to that. Big Tan. And then, Tanya, and then, whatever yeah. we call it. And yeah, Abdi's here. Oh yeah, and also you compared it to a pub. Yeah, Tanya definitely got kicked out of pub. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one, no one's getting kicked out of this pub. Uh, but yeah, so like I said before, we have a guest. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. But Charlie, welcome. What's going on? Welcome. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy that you're here. But introduce yourself to the people and let them know a bit about yourself, what team you support, and uh, and we can get cracking. Um. So yeah, as Junior said, my name's Charlie. Um. Huge Arsenal fan. Probably the Come most on. deluded Arsenal fan. Um, <laughs> on the internet um, as we all are I think um, but yeah I mean we've been working in football um, for a short period of time now um, yeah I mean it's it's good to be on honestly thanks for having me on I've I've been quite a big fan of the podcast um, for the last few months um, and then yeah Mark got in contact and just said do I want to come on so I was like of course I do Yes, I like that. I like that. Really? Hopefully, hopefully I can help it. out some other people's night shifts rather than rather than getting me through my own. I love that. Trust, yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, thank you so much as well. Like uh, you said before that you've been listening and stuff. Really appreciate that and appreciate the support that everyone's um, been giving to the podcast. But when Mark um, kind of mentioned the possibility of you coming on, I um, was kind of really excited because 
uh, we don't want to just have like guests for guest sake, you know, yeah. but I feel like, um, and we'll get into it in, in the segment and stuff like that. But um, I feel like this is going to be really like interesting for people to get an insight into a part of football that maybe they don't usually get to hear about. Um, so yeah, so we've had the privilege of being able to ask questions and stuff. Unfortunately, um, we couldn't post questions up on socials due to um, like a, a tight agenda, but we'll hope to cover as much as we can. But having said all of that, welcome Charlie again, and I'm going to hand over to Mark, who's going to lead the next segment. Thank you, Junior. Uh, and just to quickly say, I can vouch Charlie is um, a big Arsenal fan. Um, deluded, I wouldn't do that to you, Charlie, but we, we've gone to war on the timeline quite a few times. Quite a Too few many times wars. we have gone to Too war. Many friendly war, friendly war. Um, a bit of background, I've known Charlie from kind of knee height. I've known him from my whole life, pretty much. Uh, lived kind of 10 minutes from each other. Um, and a good mate of mine. Uh, but Charlie, like, like Junior said, it's great to have you on today. Um, and to kind of give our listeners a, a different aspect of the footballing world, because we provide news and humour, uh, well, you could call it humour, um, and agendas. <laughs> um, but what we want to give the listeners now is, is a kind of an insight into how the footballing world works and how your brain works as someone who's in that world. So what we've done is prepared a few questions for you. Um, now, you didn't mention um, what your role is currently, but you, you do some elite um, development coaching and um, you're, you're a very good scout so I'm going to ask you a few questions um, just to kind of kick us off and I'm going to, I'm going to warm you in slowly um, and ask you a, a question that just gives people a bit of background into what, what you've done to get into the game and, and what your journey's been um, so I wanted to ask you what has your journey into the game been like and then what are your aspirations moving forward what's your goal and what, what are your aims well, so my, my journey into football pretty much started um, at a young age. I um, was playing for a team called Shiners. Um, I think, Mark, you play for them as well. Yeah, big up Shiners. Um, my dad was the manager at the time um, of the team, but unlike many other dads, um, they'd keep their son on and put their son up front and get them to score goals. My dad subbed me off um, <laughs> all the time. Uh, if we was winning 3-0, 4-0... Um, he'd always take me off the pitch and tell me, nice no, time for other kids to have their chance. Um, but yeah, from that, I got scouted for Southend. Uh, went and played for Southend for three years. Um, I left there uh, due to them finding out um, some information that my dad was working for a, another football club. Um, I then went and played for Ipswich uh, for six months, then went to Charlton, West Ham, Tottenham. It was just around, like around doing a few trials at different places. Um, I didn't. I refused to wear a Tottenham training kit. Yeah, my guy. That caused the storm in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then after that, I was about 13 or 14 when I just decided, like, we had a discussion as a family and just said, listen, football's um, it's not really going the way that we expected it to go. Um, and obviously at 14, there was some tears. Um, I wasn't happy. I wanted to keep playing. But I also had some quite bad injuries and, and it's always the knee um, but I also had something <laughs> in my heel as well um, so my, it's a, quite a serious injury um, which for, sort of forced me to stop playing um, but I mean it's been a bit of a blessing really because it's opened up a different sort of pathway into the game um, and now rather than being the person who has to sweat 24 hours 
um, of the day thinking about what people are thinking of me on the pitch, I can now judge people. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a different, it's a different kind of world now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's probably how I actually got into football initially. Um, and then, yeah, the scouting journey began sort of last year. Um, well, that, that's perfect because that actually leads me straight on to question number two, which, which then kind of sets the scene. Um, and we've got lots of questions that will follow from this question. Uh, but it's how, how did you become a scout? Because I've seen you grafting for years now. Um, and that's not a joke. I've seen you putting in the work. Uh, and then on top of that, what do you think is needed to become a good scout? Well, go Mark, you know, you're putting tears in my eyes. <laughs> um, um, nice. So I was, so I also study a sports law and business degree um, at a uni called UCFB in Wembley Stadium. Um, so one of my lecturers just said to me, like, listen, I know you, you're always waffling about scouting. Um, you're always trying to tell people to get into scouting. Um, there's actually an opportunity to go and do some work experience, like a volunteers role at Colchester. Um, so I was like, yeah, cool, why not? Um, I thought, yeah, I'd probably go there. Probably won't get paid a wage, but maybe get um, some expenses paid. Um, little did I know we don't even get bought a cup of tea. No. Um, it's just told to oh, no. told to turn up at games, watch games, which, to be honest, I, I wasn't... I, I didn't mind doing it because I was already doing it anyway. Um, yeah. I was already going watching loads of non-league games and, and a lot of my friends play non-league football. Um, so, yeah, so then... I'd done that for about, I was there for eight months total. Um, six of those months was taken up by COVID, unfortunately. Um, so getting players in the door was a bit frustrating. I sent maybe yeah. three or four uh, very good players in um, who I think three of them ended up going to sign for uh, another club. I think one of them was Oxford. Um, and then one of them, they I think they took in and then just basically said he wasn't good enough or didn't meet the standard they required. Um but yeah, so then that sort of COVID came along and, and obviously the whole COVID situation, you think, oh, this is going to be a bit of a pain, but really it turned out to be a, um, a blessing because um, yeah. that's when I started Football and Beyond, um, which yeah. is what landed me the job that I have now. Um, so I'm currently scouting for a Premier League club. Um, I can't directly say who, but I can say I love the club with my entire heart. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I've uh, football and beyond that was literally just word of mouth. I started coaching um, some friends, um, like friends, nephews, and cousins, and stuff like that, coaching some of my friends as well, putting up on social media. And then I got a call from a player who plays for, or it was his parent, but it was the, the parent of the player that plays for Arsenal. Um, and he just said to me, oh, listen, I want to bring my son over. Can you, like, could you coach him? So I said, yeah, why not? I said, I won't charge him. Um, at this time, I was doing it for free for like two or three months. Um, and then I remember thinking to myself, like, I could actually turn this into something. Um, so I did. I started like really developing the social media stuff, um, sort of putting it out there. Um, and then I, the boy, the first boy that I coached, who is a, a six-year-old, you'll probably see him on my socials, he's got a big afro. Yeah. Um, I actually got a phone call from uh, Chelsea asking about the kid. And they also said to me about coming to work for them. Um, and then obviously some other clubs heard that Chelsea were, were offering me a job, um, or pretty much saying they'd like me to come and do bits and bits and pieces with them. And, and yeah, and then I got the phone call from uh, from 
basically the club that that sits dearest to my heart. Um, and as soon as that phone call came, I wasn't basically put my phone on do not disturb. Um, so I wasn't trying to receive a call from anyone else. And yeah, I mean, now it's it's still frustrating because we're into a lockdown. I can't. I'm still waiting for an official start. Um, but it hasn't really stopped me. I've still been going out watching games, um, been doing some video analysis. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a cra- it's been a crazy year. Like if I sometimes I look at myself and I think two years ago would I've seen myself in the position I'm in now? One hundred percent not. Um, and yeah. especially not when I'm being called a deluded Arsenal fan on Twitter. I wouldn't think people would actually respect. <laughs> I didn't actually Stop think saying that, Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just didn't. I never actually thought people would respect my opinion um, in in the football world. But it turns out, yeah, people do. Um, so it's been good. So just a quick question, just off the back of, because um, obviously you said like we're in lockdown again, but yeah. has has this second lockdown kind of started your um beyond football um like work like have you still been able to train uh youngsters or have you been able to um mm. do it online i don't know is there an alternative have you still yeah been able so to- i mean i was gonna i think a, a lot of other coaches are they're they're being um could say a bit naughty um but i think that depends on whether whether you believe in the whole covid situation but that's another conversation um but I think the FA put out some guidelines to say that you one-to-one coaches specifically cannot conduct sessions um, just because it, it can't be managed. Um, so there isn't people that can actually go around and see whether you're maintaining social distance. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that going out, I, I'm someone that really likes to stick to the rules. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm not going to coach. Um, so now I'm putting in, um, just putting into practice to do some some Zoom sessions Um which I'm doing my first one on Saturday. Um, and it's with it's quite a, a special person, um, someone who's in I'm a celebrity now, it's their son. Um, so I'm, I've got a good opportunity to do that. And then hopefully from that, I can gain a bit more exposure and people can see that there's a different way of coaching. You don't necessarily have to be in, in person, um, that you can have maybe 50 or 100 kids on a screen watching you do a certain action and, and they're just taking the onus. Um, to do it themselves so I think it teaches them some responsibility as well from a young age um, that they don't necessarily have someone just instructing them in person that they're actually doing it themselves so I think it's actually quite an initiative like a quite innovative way of coaching um, Mm. doing stuff online so yeah do you think um, sorry I know I I just uh, I just had another question off the back of that Um, obviously I don't want to keep us here because we've still got a lot to talk about but um, do you think that this kind of like digital um, thing might put uh, like obviously it's a benefit to you and stuff but do you think um like community like football clubs or stuff like that might suffer off the back of like because um I remember that when I was young I had to stop playing um for a club that I um that I played for because they had moved to further away and my mom couldn't take me to the training and I was too young to go training with them so I had to stop playing with them but obviously moving to a digital platform I essentially could train by myself at home kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, cause there's obviously benefits, but do you think there are like negatives as well? Or do you not see that that would yeah, be? Yeah, of course. I mean, when you look at, so there's, there's some clubs that, that I've got quite good connections with. Um, and they're, they're sort of based yeah. in East London and, and they look at taking boys out of um, sort of deprived communities 
Um, and of course, in, in communities such as that, they may not have access to, to digital content. Um, some of them don't even have a phone, um, so you wouldn't even be able to contact them unless they're actually coming to training. Um, so yeah, on that front, yeah. I do understand it's, it's, it must be very difficult. Um, it's, it's a bit of a catch-22 because some, some coaches would say, well, you need to elevate with the way that technology and the way society is going. Um, but then how do you actually do that to, to actually fit the whole target audience um, is a different question completely. Um, so yeah, I can't, there, there is, there's definitely some difficulties with it. Um, and of course, as I've always said to, to all of these clubs, I, I try to try to get the message out to them that if they will, because the stuff that I do on Zoom is free, I'd never, I wouldn't charge mm -hmm. for that. Um, so I've, I, I said to all the clubs that, that I work with, if you ever want to put any of the boys on Zoom or if you can get them in, in a socially distanced environment where they can all be in front of the same laptop practicing, then I'd be more than happy to do a session that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a time now where everyone needs to sort of come together and, and try and help each other, I think. Mm. Yeah, Charlie, just quick, I wanted to go back just real quick. Um, you said that you started off playing yourself, right? Yep. And mm. so, um, I just, yes, obviously you said it was a mixture of like circumstances and injuries and everything like that, which obviously prevents you from progressing. What level do you think you would have got at? Do you think you could have been pro? Do you think Good you could have question. been high level? Do you know, do you know what? Uh, when I go out scouting, right, when I go out and I watch games, sometimes I sit there and I think even the condition that my body's in now, which today I've just, well, yesterday I ate a 16-inch pizza. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> yes. So, so I, I, look at, I look at games sometimes and I think technically I could go on that pitch and I wouldn't look too bad. Um, and I think Mark might be able to vouch for my technique. Um, yeah. But... I think he's, a, he's a, got a one of a left foot. <laughs> um, I think the physical, the physical demands of the game nowadays. Um, no, I don't think I probably would have got to to any substantial level. Mm. And even the comparison of is is actually quite funny. I'm writing a dissertation on this at the moment. The transition of of players from youth to senior football, like a parental perspective. Um, and so I'm just thinking that going going through that transition now, it seems a lot easier and it seems like clubs are putting in better practices now than they was back when I was playing. Um, so I think that plays yeah. a massive part um, in that transition because at the end of the day, it's not just down to the player and whether they can make it, it's whether the club can make the pathway for the player to go through. Mm. Um, but yeah, to, to directly answer that, no, I probably wouldn't have made it. <laughs> All right, okay. But on a, on a, on a scale of... On a scale of um, decent level Premier League footballer to McTominay, where do you fit? <laughs> oh, you had to go there, Andy. You had to go there. Agendas, agendas. So, like, yeah, when you said when you said you were watching players and you think I could be even in your in your current state, you can play you can play at that level. Obviously, you're talking about McTominay. <laughs> so. um, no, nah, to be fair, I, I know my level, um, but I definitely reckon Southgate would choose me over Mason Mount. That's hey, I, I like that. Yes. I like that. Yes. That's how confident I am. Even over Mason Mount, I would get picked. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Wow. Although, he, although he's got work rates, so you. you yeah, that, mm. but he's definitely not eating pizza. I tell you that. Yeah, he didn't eat the sixteen-inch pizza last night. I rate that still. I rate that still. <laughs> All right, I'm going I'm to draw us back into um, a few of our pre-planned questions, mm -hmm. um, and just quickly cover 
a couple of um, things that you kind of have to look at and think about in terms of protocol um, for young players that you may have looked at and think, right, okay, he's the one for me. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of recommend him. And what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to merge two questions into one. Um, so you've spotted a potential talent. How much analysis is done before you kind of put that suggestion forward? Are there exceptions? And then on top of that, once said player enters the academy, does your involvement with that player kind of stop there? Okay, so looking at the process, um, so again, in this day and age, a lot of, so I'm about to give away one of my tools. Um, so for any of the enemies <laughs> listening, uh, I don't actually use these tools. It's just a, a theoretical thinking. So no, social media is, is a massive thing. Um, Instagram, I could honestly not even leave my house have a look on Instagram and find out anything and everything I want about a player. Um, wow. And literally mm-hmm. anything. Because you, the amount of content that people are posting nowadays, and it all comes down to, and I do it myself, um, but I think I do it in a different light. Um, but there's a lot of clubs out there that post, um, I think the right word is for clout. Um, so they post mm-hmm. content to, to basically big up their club and say, oh, I've developed this player, which is good because clubs should be getting recognition for doing it. Um, but they, they post stuff and, and you can literally find out anything and everything you want. So once you've identified the player you want to go and watch, um, you turn up at a game, you'd probably do one detailed report. Um, so just of the key attributes that a player has um, just hitting the, so uh, the, the club that I work for, we don't follow what the, the F, I think the FA have a four corner model. We have the three pillar model um, that we follow. Um, so it's just about hitting those boxes. Um, and then once you've done that detailed report, you'd probably then go back and watch him again um, and do a couple of one-liners. Um, and then it's always the case. This happens all the time. You identify a player. He's absolutely fantastic. You go back and watch him again. He is shit hot again. Sorry if, uh, if I can swear. <laughs> good. All good. You then go and watch him with your boss. And he has a stinker. Oh, and it's all, it is so all, it's happened. It has happened so many times. Oh. Or your boss oh, goes and watch him and he has a stinker. Oh. Um, oh. So, yeah, but so that, that, to bring it back to the, the level of detail, it, it is, there is a lot of detail, especially for working for the club that I'm working for at the moment. Um, obviously, you're, you're potentially sending players in. So the age phase I scout for is under 15s, under 16s. Um, so you're potentially, giving someone a career in football. You're, you're, you're basically employing them for the rest mm. of their life, setting their, setting their pocket up. Um, so obviously you have to make sure for your own reputation as a scout that the player you're bringing in is, is top level. Um, mm. yeah. and, and I think, you, Mark, you asked about um, once you've put a player into somewhere, does that relationship um, fold? And yeah. to answer that, I, I, I don't think it should, um, but it does quite often. Um, That's a and shame. I, I know someone who's uh, looking to write a book about scouting and, and coming up as a, a scout through the ranks um, and they're actually going to title the book The Forgotten Men because um, yeah. it seems like scouts do become the forgotten men you talk about agents, players, managers even physios, even yeah. the cone pickers um, but you never talk about who the scout is mm. um, and I think that's something that I want to achieve by the time I finish football is is for people to know, not necessarily to put my name in lights, um, but for people to know who actually scouted that player 
Um, and you're seeing it now. I mean, I went on Instagram the other day. I saw Joe Willock put a picture up with him and his scout um, on his on his Instagram uh, story, which I thought was quite good. Um, I think they should recognize yeah. where they've come from. And Francis Kajijal, he's quite he's quite well known. Yeah, because he scouted Martinelli, Fabregas, all these guys. Yeah, he was a ah. big influential character in Europe. Um, so mm. I've heard. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess I guess also I kind of guess the more players that you scout, the harder it becomes to maintain relationships with each and every one of them. Um, so I guess there's that side of the coin as well. Of course. Yeah, cool. I just wanted to right. ask as well. Sorry, sorry, Mark. Um, I don't know cool. if this is what, if I'm like going ahead with one of the questions, but I mean, on the back of what you were saying as well, like you work with the under 15s, under 16s. Um, I was uh, about a year ago, so I was I was watching an interview with Lukaku, mm-hmm. and he said that him as a player, he said he can tell when a player is a player at the age of around six or so, because he was talking to some American sports stars, and they were shocked at the fact that players get into academies are like six years old. He said he can notice a player as a player at like six or seven. Arsene Wenger, I heard him once say between six and 12, that's when a player's technique develops to an acceptable level. Mm. So, and if you don't have it at that by like 12 years old or so, you probably won't make it as a top level player. So, I mean, in your experience or like what you've heard about, have you ever like, have you ever come across something like that? Or is that true? I mean, yeah, I mean, see, do you in, 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 uh, so I'll, I'll give you uh, what we like to call in, in law an actual case study of that. Um, and there is a very good scenario, um, which I, I don't think, I'm, well, I, I, a lot of people probably know the story now. Um, so I'll give you two players. There was a player, it's a player of Reese Nelson, and there's a player called Jaden Sancho. Um, so I went to play football at a place in, um, in Waterloo, in Southwark, called Hatfields. Um, and I got a call from Reese saying, oh, can I come and play football? Where are you, blah, blah, blah. So I said, all right, cool, come, bring a few of your friends. We need some more players. So he's turned up with his friend Jaden. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then Reese was playing, everyone, people walking past recognizing, oh, that's Reese from Arsenal. Let me get his autograph. And Jaden was there, red cheeks, thinking, probably thinking, oh, where's my turn? Um, and now the tables have turned. And it's now Jaden Sancho, who's the big superstar. Um, wow. And I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's a, there is, I'd, I'd say for the most part, you can, that's probably quite a big anomaly in, in the test, but I'd say for the most part, so with Football and Beyond, I coach, I've got an under eights group who are made up of a mixture of under sixes, under sevens, under eights. Um, and they are probably the best for that age group in the country. Um, they've got everyone chasing after them. They train with Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, West Ham, Man City have been calling the parents. Man United have called the parents. Um, talking about going yeah. up to Manchester, having a trial with them and, and, and going to look at them. Um, and they are just, you can you can see off the bat that they just have something completely different. Um, whether it's their character, whether it's their technique, whether it's their tenacious attitude, they just have a form of champions mentality we call it um mm. and yes it's it is crazy to see sometimes i have goosebumps thinking i'm actually in the presence of a future great yeah. well-known footballer um that's mad it's mad but just gotta stay level-headed i guess so so mm. just off the back of that sorry um th- just a character thing so let's say like in you're you're watching obviously because six seven eight year olds aren't playing at like 
a mad level. But um, so, but just the the like, for example, you see a player he loses the ball, but he chases back and he and he and he and he wins the ball back or something like that. That would spark your attention. Just the character, like I've lost the ball, let me go get it back, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Of course. Or is it a bit deeper than that? That is that is champion mentality. So under champion mentality comes a you've got to look at how a player is, especially. Uh, I'd say more under 15s and under 16s level. So that young age, they can really get away with it if they're performing well on the ball. Um, But under 15s and 16s level, you really want to be looking at every small minor detail. Um, So when a team concedes a goal, how does that player react? Um, Mm. when, When, I don't know, a manager is giving instruction to the right back to now not pass to the player that you're watching who's the striker and to instead play to the the right winger, how does he react to that? Does he get pissed off? Does he take it as a positive to now go and win the ball back himself? Um, There's so much. And one thing I've learned in the last three or four months is to not watch the game, to watch the player. And I found found that quite difficult at at the beginning because you get caught up in being entertained by the game of football rather than being there to do a job. Um, yeah. it's, it's a bit difficult when you love football as well because it, it becomes sort of repetition um, rather than something you enjoy but um, but I mean yeah you've, you've, you really have got to look at every small detail um, and I think that's the difficulty of scouting that people don't realise is that it is very what, what if they two what if they two foot someone <laughs> <laughs> then I'll send them, then I'll send them to my good friends at Millwall <laughs> um, <laughs> That's funny because you touched on something that I was like thinking about before where it's like, because uh, you're talking about how you go to games like normally. And I was thinking like, if I'm at a game and like, let's say I'm going to watch um, X player, but like someone else catches your eye. Because uh, I, um, I can't remember who it was. I was, I was hearing, I saw this report on the scout. He went to watch a game and he was um, scouting this one player for a long time. And then this other player, this younger player played and he ended up submitting a, a, a completely different report just about that other player that turned up. So I was just um, wondering, because you, you, you just said that you go, uh, you've learned that you have to watch the player. But are there cases where you, oh, I, this guy, that you weren't even like it's, paying attention? It's, it's crazy. It's crazy because a, a lot of people, and this is the thing about football, because it's something that's in starlights, a lot of things that you say people don't believe. Mm. Um, but there's literally that exact scenario um so it's not my own scenario but it's one that, that happened with someone in my household um so my dad went out to france with my mum for a weekend uh they went to watch uh lens v and Angers, i think it was um one of the it's definitely lens um and they was going to watch uh yasin fortuna um oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. the one and done a report on him but then i think the story yeah the funny story is my mum said to my dad oh well who's that kid on the other team and obviously when mum says something to dad dad is like oh i need to listen to what i'm saying Mm. Uh, (laughs) um so he's obviously watched this kid and it ended up being jeff running adelaide so he sent the report back whatever whatever jeff ends up signing for arsenal my mum's running around the front room i found a player i found a player (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, there is there is that scenario happening um you do find you do find other players um and of but course did, did it sorry correct me if i'm wrong didn't fortuna get signed as well yeah, yeah fortuna's at arsenal or oh, oh, okay. he was at arsenal i think he's in switzerland now 
Oh, right, okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but yeah, no, there's there's definitely there's definitely examples of that. There's probably hundreds of examples of that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if sometimes people actually turn up to games, probably like you've you said, they turn up to games and player one doesn't get signed, but player two that you see on the day for 25 minutes ends up getting signed. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Oh. Cool. Right, well, I, I'm going to ask you another question, Charlie, from uh, our beautiful list of questions. Yep. Um, and just to kind of keep time ticking, give me a one-word answer for this. Okay. Can you tell from one or two sessions who is ready for academy football and who isn't? Yes. Cool. Even if think about that, right. I like that. Now, that's crazy. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Can, can I just? I just want to add one sentence to that. Um, yeah, go on. That that is that's the difference between, and I'm not saying for me personally, but what people have got to learn into scout in, when they get into scouting is that answering that question is the difference between being a good scout and an elite scout. Wow. Yeah. Whether you can answer that question or not, I think personally. Fair enough. Well, it's just it's interesting, really interesting to hear uh, to hear all this. Um, and I've, we've got three questions left for you, Charlie. Okay. Um, and I'm leaving a particular question till last um, because it's something that we we need to speak about. Yeah. Um, and I want to want to give it kind of five or five minutes on, on its own. Uh, so I'm going to um, ask you a question about technique now. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, we all know it's important. But at what age do you start focusing less on the technique and more on kind of drilling in patterns of play? If you ask me that question 10 years ago, people would probably say under 15s, under 16s. But I think now it's probably the step up to 11 aside. Uh, so it's pro- actually, no, to be fair, we, we've, I've worked on patterns of play with, with under 8s. Uh, wow. wow. Under 8? Oh yeah, God. not, not too... Not, in too much detail, but a certain yeah. form, we haven't put it in the sense of oh, I'm this is a pattern of play. We've just used it as a way to develop their technique, but within a what we call football action. So it's a game game like scenario. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. stop picking your nose and get into position. It's funny. That's that's a funny one because back in the day, my dad said to uh, us as a team once. He said. Um, uh, everyone stop, hold the ball. So everyone literally picked up the ball and held the ball in their hands <laughs> rather than everyone just stopping. Uh, that's quite, that's a funny one. Um, but yeah, no, so that, that I'd probably say officially the transition from uh, nine, I think it's nine aside to 11 aside now, which is at under 12s, I think. Uh, yeah. Under 12s. Okay. Uh, wait, and just, just to be clear, like when you're talking about... Um, that those kind of things you're talking about like for example if like a player were to receive the ball lay it off turn like and beat like a cone or something as if that were the defender and get into like the box just an ex- a, a small example yeah so standard patterns of player like if you was to youtube arsenal training session it's like the stuff that that say arsenal would post on their on their youtube channel mm. you see like the the big poles um, they're playing maybe one 10-yard pass, sets the ball back into the midfielder, plays it out to the winger, crosses it in, finishes. That's a pattern of play. Cool. Just um, just for our listeners, in case they yeah, weren't sure. Stuff like that. <laughs> cool. Right, so we've got two more questions for you. Um, and this one is kind of about the support given to players entering academies. And we've touched on that um, beforehand. So I'll ask the second part of this question. Um, and let's just say, um, for example, we're talking about someone who you know you know 100% is making it 1000% he's 15 or 16 yep. 
are, are his school results taken into consideration in terms of how you view his pathway or is that pathway set regardless? So I think that for me, I'd, I'd like to answer that, pers um, that question pers from a personal perspective. Um, if I was yep. academy manager today, which one day, that, so that, that is my, coming back to an earlier question as well, that's one of my aspirations is the academy I'm working for now, I want to be head of that academy. Um, I've given myself another 20 years before I get to that stage, but that's where I want to be. Um, and if I was academy manager today, I'd say that yep. education is a, a massively important thing. Um, I hated going to school, but now I never thought I'd be at uni, but now I see the benefits of being at uni. Um, so I think you, not necessarily uni for football players, but even going to um, a higher education college um, or something like that. Um, and definitely doing, uh, another thing as well is important. Um, I think that all clubs, uh, is something I'd like to implement as well. And if I ever get to sit in front of the FA, I'll say this, um, that all clubs yeah. should have a programme in place where every single one of those players either does a course on agency, scouting, coaching, or physiotherapy before they get their pro contract. I think that's a really good idea. Because mm. um, you, you there, there's even... Go on. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say, there's even the case of, um, as kind of that you might have a youngster who, like I said before, you know for a fact is going to make it in football, but in terms of injury-wise, something might happen to them and... and Football is now not an option. Listen, football is a, football then, is a ten, year, ten year career span maximum. Yep. You've got ten years in football to to try and become a millionaire, um, to line your pocket for the rest of your life. Um, and of course, there's other strands you could go into. Uh, you could do some property education. Uh, you could do some stocks and shares education. There's loads of different things you could do. Um, but there, there definitely does need to be some form of education to actually help these young boys think about what they're going to do after football because they don't realise how, how, short, how short football is. Um, they go out yeah. and buy 50 off-white T-shirts um, when they could have spent <laughs> that money on, on, a, on a good course that's going to line their pocket for, say, triple the price of what them off-white T-shirts cost when they retire. Yeah, but what about the drip, though? <laughs> drip, <is>. Come on. <laughs> drip, drip. Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask, yeah... Um, just following off on that question as well, um, I remember I was watching an interview with um, Mertesacker Mert and he was saying, although like, so there's certain players who we, we know they're not going to make it, we want to help them be, you know, good people and then help them, you know, in their careers and their lives as well. So um, have you like had to, what's your experience with like letting people go and like, you know, um, helping them with outside of football careers and all that? So luckily I haven't had to do it myself. Um, just because scouts don't necessarily have to do that. Um, but I'm in a fortunate position where someone in my household is is in that position of doing stuff like that um, and has to have those kind of conversations with, with parents and players. Um, so I've seen it for the last 18 or, or 17 or 18 years, how that process works. Um, and there is a process in place whereby you actually try and find another club for that player um, so you send them to other clubs, you email other clubs, because obviously you have you have a, a certain level of duty of care. If you've had that player in your system, yeah. age eight up until under 16, uh, on a human level, unless you are an, a complete arsehole, I don't think you can genuinely just let a player walk out of the door and, and not let him have a pathway into something else. Um, and yeah, Mertesacker is great on that. I've read his book, um, and you can just tell from reading his book that he's such a people's person 
Yeah. I was just going to give something away about who I work for, but I won't say anything. The boss. The boss. The boss. The boss. The boss. Well, let me, um, that, that kind of leads us on to the final question that we've got before we move on to the rest of the agenda. Um, and I'm sure the listeners will be happy to hear that Charlie will stay with us for the rest of the agenda. Um, and this was a, a question from Abdi, so feel free to expand afterwards, Abdi. Cool. Um, but it's, uh, and we've kind of just touched on it, but we wanted to ask you what, what our academy is doing and feel free to answer this um, in a non-personal capacity and then just um, so what are academies doing to help kids uh, and or teenagers deal with rejection mm-hmm. or being released to kind of deal with the mental health or emotional side of things? Um, so they they have a each club, um, even like grassroots clubs have to have a designated safeguarding officer. Um, I mean, there was the recent incident. Obviously, with yeah. um, with the guy from Jeremy yeah. Weston, yeah, from Man City. Yeah. Yeah. Rest um, in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's an awful, awful thing. Um, even when I heard about that scenario, I, I, for some reason, I just the way the world is in in 2020, I thought someone had actually killed him. I didn't know it was, was mm. a scenario mm. that came from inside himself. Um, and so I, I feel from that scenario, I think that will be a big wake up call um, yeah. for a lot of these clubs to realize that that they do have a greater duty of care than they have fought for the last, I don't know, 50 years in being in the game. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's protocols in place at the moment. Um, so like, I'm, as I said, I'm doing a dissertation on this at the moment, safeguarding issues um, within academy football um, with that transition. And I, I think it's quite important um, that clubs have to focus on, on issues such as that, that could lead to, some poor experiences that that um, Jeremy Jeremy faced. Um, Charlie, what is a safeguarding officer? So a safeguarding officer is someone. If you define safeguard and you look at um, the different aspects, which are like emotional abuse, um, psychological mm-hmm. abuse, things like that, um, bullying, sexual abuse, physical abuse. Um, so a safeguarding officer is basically there to prevent those kind of things happening. Um, and to deal with such incidences if they unfortunately occur. Um, mm. So they will be there to manage everything um, in relation to that. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're great people. The ones I've done a week's work experience with the, the guys that the club that I'm working for at the moment, and they're just uh, pro, they're the mm. best. They really are the best. So I mean, like with, with, with the safeguarding officer, does it, is it more like a, a HR type thing or is it more like a psych, like you, with like a therapist kind of psychologist kind of background. yeah so you have you have um i think a lot of clubs they integrate their social psychological team because uh, mm. all academies will have a um psych social team and they sort of integrate within the 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 safeguarding officers roles and duties um i think hr are more when it's funny when i think of hr if someone says to me hr i literally think of someone sitting on a cloud because you don't really see people that, that work in hr um nah. they're just usually on the phone or, or at the other end of the office mm. um but safeguarding officers are more within the mix they're in the mud with everyone else mm. um, yeah yeah and our scouts we're definitely in the mud <laughs> Well, Charlie, thank you for answering our questions. Um, I'm sure that the the kind of people tuning in and listening will 
benefit from that in one way or another, whether you've inspired someone to, to kickstart their journey in the game or you've kind of found someone in the middle of their journey who has lost a bit of momentum but needed a bit of a, a positive outlook, which you've just given uh, to, the, to the listeners. So thank you. 100% thank you. No, and can I just oh, say, because I just wanted to say, because um, I know I've not asked any questions, but I don't actually know a lot about this stuff. But it's been really interesting to hear. Like I've, I yeah. can listen to you all day. Like it makes our job, well, my job anyway, sounds so bloody boring. Like I want to be a scout now. <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's not all. It's not all. It's not all fun and games. I mean, you've got you could turn up yeah. at fifty games and not find one player. Um, mm. So it is a frustrating industry, but we're here to do a job. I, I, Charlie, I'm really glad that you you've come on here. Like I echo Tanya, like saying that I could just listen to this kind of stuff all day. Like I'm self-professed like football nerd. I just like from young, just watching games, playing every single game I could. Like FIFA, Football Manager, Championship Manager, I was all on that. Um, and mm. I'm glad that you could come on here and kind of dispel this myth that you could just become a scout if you're good at Football Manager. Because uh, <laughs> I see a lot of man on, I see a lot of man on Twitter going, "Oh, I found Messi when he was blah blah blah." But yeah, um, no. But I, f- I found it really interesting, and I, I've learned mm. a lot. Um, and it, and it's like how um, we introduced it. We don't often hear about scouts no. or what they do, and some people just think they're just this ominous, uh, ominous people who turn up to games, and you might be lucky to be scouted yeah. or whatever. <laughs> We think you sitting there and then just <laughs> eagerly watch the game with your beady eyes <laughs> and writing I'm on not, the pad of I've paper. Got, yeah. I've got some stories of people climbing over fences, sitting in trees, going into places. <laughs> Someone I know went into into Chelsea in a wheelchair with um, glasses and a moustache on. I think there's some no, stories. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh yes. All right. Yeah. I much like the other guys. I, I completely agree. This is obviously this has actually been my favourite episode because mm. I've never really. Yeah. Like, there's so many like things that I didn't know that you've like you know um, t- told us about and everything. But I have one question for you, and feel free not to answer if you don't want to. <laughs> but who like is is there one player, whether they're you know an academy or a young player or like a pro now, who you think is next up to be like the biggest star in football? Who, from your position, your opinion, do you think? Yeah, he's he's going to be the next star of football. Anyone that we don't know or anyone who is playing right now, I don't know. And Charlie, Good just funny, when, when, just before what? you answer, sorry, just before you answer, we've got a hot take button and I will insert it if, it, if it's crazy. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, when, when Mark actually asked me to, to appear on, on one of the episodes, I think it was uh, maybe a few months back, the first thing, literally as soon as he asked me, the first thing I'd done was wrote on my phone, players coming through now. Um, so I'm just oh, going nice. to... There's there is one. I, there's two. There's two. One's hit the scene. Um, I think a lot of people know about him, and that's the boy playing in France, Kamavinga. Mm. Um, yeah, he is youth of just crazy. The stuff that he does now, he's just the way he plays is ridiculous. He's so sick. Um, he's just ridiculous. So listen to to play for that France senior team, which Honestly. is arguably the best national team in the world. At seventeen, uh, at his young he age, is like he's like he re- he really reminds me of. Pogba at Juventus, but on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Um, so yeah, no, I'd I'd say the next one coming through for me. There's two: Yunus Musa, who's now gone to Valencia. 
Oh, I've heard about him. Uh, yeah, he's about. I watched him when he when he first came into Arsenal for his trial when he was I think under eleven. Gee, I'd never seen anything like it. Um, first day, wow. I think he was training. He trained for twenty minutes. They took him up to the office and signed him. Wow! Um, Whoa, twenty <laughs> Miguel minutes. And Miguel, Miguel Aziz. That's the next one. Oh yeah, I've heard about him as That's well. The yeah. next one. He's the one with the dreads in yeah, it. Yeah, top talent. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah. level-headed. As where, well. where is he at the moment? He is at yeah, the best, uh, Arsenal, best club yeah. in the world. I could, I could <laughs> have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> now that guy is silky. I can't lie, but um, silky. Now, yeah. thank you, Charlie. Um, I think we've all um, appreciated that, but we do have a lot more to talk about. But also, do want to get your opinions on some stuff. So, um. Just before we move on to um, the rest of the agenda, we've got like season overview, blah, blah, blah. Um, just as an Arsenal fan, because I think everyone's um, kind of tired of hearing me and Arsenal, um, Arsenal, me and Abdi cry <laughs> about everything. Um, can we get a different opinion uh, from yourself about uh, like Arteta, how the season's gone and, and uh, what your hopes are for, for Arsenal this season and beyond? So... What gives me hope? Ah, okay. No, no, I saved that for the end. <laughs> I saved that for the end. Because that sounds like I'm about to say something bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, personally, I think the first... So, last season, when it his first, whatever, four or five months in charge, I think it was absolutely beautiful to watch the way we was playing. We was exciting... Um, we was playing with freedom again. We wasn't under Unai Emery's... Um, and this is me talking as an Arsenal fan now, by the way. Yeah. Just a complete fan of of the club. Um, yeah. th- we wasn't under his handcuffs anymore. Um, <laughs> we was allowed to play with attacking freedom. Our defence was looking a, a bit more solid. Mustafi and, and David Luiz actually looked like defenders, <laughs> um, which I was surprised to see. Um, and then we had the break... And then the new season started. And we've got that defensive stability again. I think we've reinforced very well in the summer. I think we've done exactly what we can do, given the budget we had and the circumstances. I think we've even overachieved, to be honest, compared to what I thought would happen. Um, However, I think the (laughs) thing that now takes us to the next level is with our attack in the final third, I think the chains need to be let off them now. Um, I feel like they're being overcoached. Um, I feel like every pass is being watched with a hawk eye. I feel like every every dribble is being clapped. Every, it just it seems like everything is being dictated now too much. And mm. sometimes in football, you just need to let players have their freedom. I think fair enough defensive structure, yes, coach it. But going forward, when you've got the talent we have, and people are gonna probably slate me, but Nicolas Pepe, I. I on the ball is a super talent. I don't forget the name. I don't, when I see the player and the stuff that he does with that ball and the way he manipulates it and the way he sends defenders back into the changing room is disgusting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think they just need to, I think we need to establish an a actual starting 11, not changing it all the time. Um, I think that's key. You look at Liverpool, you look at Man City, you know they're starting 11 um, or their best 11. Um, but I think with us, you don't. Uh, you don't even know the formation that we would play. <laughs> and do you, uh, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And do, and do you think that's because of the players that um, Arteta has? He don't trust them, or do you think that it's because he's 
bearing in mind when he came in, we were like one of the worst defences in the league and conceding all these chances. Do you think he's got that like ingrained in his mind and he's like, we cannot let this continue. So then it's altered how he... Because in my opinion, I don't know, it, coming from playing from uh, under... like He played at Barcelona, played for Arsenal. He coached at Man City with Pep. For me, Arteta comes from an attacking philosophy to attack mm, not to defend yeah. so do you think that the, the past Arsenal failings has taken a toll on mm. what he actually wants to do moving forward this season I think uh, honestly I think it comes down to leniency I think he has got massive leniency from the board I think they've probably told him that he is in that job for a long time. I think he's in that job for as long as he wants to be in that job for. I think it's going to be another scenario where if he doesn't want to go, he doesn't go. If he wants to go, he goes. Um, I think it's another scenario like that. He's Him and Edu are... They're like um, Drake and Josh. They're together 24-7. <laughs> um, what a combo. What a combo. Tanya, 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 write that down. Yeah, no, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think they're um I think they're probably they they probably they've given him that leniency to to do what he wants. I think he knows he can experiment a bit. Um but for me I've seen a, a solid defense come from from his starting reign. So that that's the happiest I've been with an Arsenal defense in probably the last oh, Jesus. Since the Emirates. <laughs> yeah, era. In so long. Yeah. yeah, honestly. Since since we got to the Emirates, I think that's probably the best best defense we've had. But and what are your you hopes? Say- Oh, go on. No, go on, Tanya. Sorry. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask. Um, what were your first impressions, though, when Arteta was appointed, and even before he was appointed, who would you have? Was he like someone you would want to manage Arsenal, or did you have someone else in mind? Oh, I'm not gonna lie, I was screaming Mourinho, but now. Oh, yeah, really? Was, That's interesting. Was, uh, no, do you know, uh, thanks, in, for, in, thanks in, for joining in, us, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. Do you know what it was? There was, you know how football is, it runs, it's like a one day you wake up and you're yeah. linked to, to yeah. Messi and, and Ronaldo and then you yeah. wake up the next morning and the Yaya Sanogo is walking in the building. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> it's, a, it's an ever-changing thing. So I think, yeah. and really, I wanted, the, the person I wanted was Luis Enrique. That was, that was my number mm. one choice. Um, mm. Enrique was that. I think Simeone, because I wanted to sort our defence out. Yeah. Um, but, then Mourinho cropped up from nowhere and I was a bit like, oh, we need to win something. I want Mourinho. Let's just go and win, win, yeah. win, win. Um, but again, I think he's shown now, probably because he's gone into Tottenham, but he's not a serial winner no more. Um, no shots in ten. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was Mourinho. Right. But no, I'm, I've, been, I've, been happy with, I've been happy with Arteta so far. I can't complain. Cool. I've got one quick question for Charlie, just very, very quick uh, on this on this topic. Um, so would you be happy to kind of revert back to a back four if it meant you weren't as defensively stable? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, my God. <laughs> um... You just summed up how we're all... Man is stressed. <laughs> man, are... man has answered <laughs> fair questions and one question has left man stressed. <laughs> You don't know how many times I've come upstairs after watching an Arsenal defence and yeah. yeah. Shake it in the corner. Oh, phone, do not disturb. I've had my phone on do not disturb. Charlie, I've been there. I've been there. I feel your pain. All right, Charlie, I won't put you through that. Pain. Yeah, no. I've got, I was... Okay, I've got... I... Yeah. 
I, probably, I, w- I would say, yeah, I, I'd like to see a back four. I think it gives us more, more creative, a, more of a creative attitude going forward. Yeah. Um, and that's what I pay to go and watch football for is, is to be entertained. So, yeah. Mm. All right, cool. Um, thank you for that, Charlie. Um, now let's let's put the let's let's broaden the question. So it's not just a um, spotlight on Charlie, but let's just try and, and do this in quick time because I know time is of the essence. So um, season overview. Uh, it's it's been uh, eight games. We're heading into the ninth game week um, this weekend. Thank God, football club football's back. Um, although come Sunday, I don't know if I'll be saying that. Um, but yeah, (laughs) so, um, what do we think of the season so far? Do we have, um, are there any surprises? Um, so that could be good or bad. So a team has surprised you or a player surprised you for playing well, or a player has, you know, nosedived and you're like, well, I wasn't expecting. (laughs) Um, so yeah, over to, to everyone, whoever wants to talk first. Cool. I mean, I'm happy just because I've got one here that I feel mm. like Abdi might have. So I'm going <laughs> to jump in first. Um, actually, two maybe. So I, I've written down a few. I focus more on my kind of surprise individuals, mm. less, less so than teams. And I've got three players here who have pleasantly surprised me this season. Um, the first one, and, and I don't like to say it, is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I think he's yeah, just been an absolute animal Mm. Um, more so, more so in the first kind of five or six games of the season, but he's, he's now gone on to kind of re- uh, replicate that form in an England shirt as well. Uh, I've got Ollie Watkins here. Good, I have good to be one. honest. I, I, I look, I looked at the transfer in the summer and I saw I think twenty nine to thirty million, and I did doubt it. Um, but he's proven me wrong completely on that front. And my final surprise, um, and I really like the look of this player. I have to say. Um, is Fofana at Leicester, the yeah. centre-back. Mm. Um, what Saliba could have been? Wait, relax. There's a, there's a lot of time. Yeah. Cal- calm down. I know, but I'm just... I know, I know. Carry Can on, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't played for two months. Obviously, his career's gone, <laughs> and, and he's 19. Whoa. Relax. 19 years old, yeah. Uh, go on, Mark, sorry. That, I mean, that was it. Uh, he's just impressed me a lot for the age that he's at and, and the lack of experience in English football in particular, just to come into that Leicester team and look comfy uh, and not out of place whatsoever. It's kind of like they haven't really missed Soyuncu too mm. much because he's stepped in to fill that void with with um, playing really, really well and, and kind of not showing his he age. Was really, so he's in he was really good against Wolves. I think one of my surprises of the season, and I think we said this like a couple of weeks ago or whatever, is uh, Patrick Bamford. Like I mm. pegged him as a mid-table championship player at best. Like one of those clubs, he'll, he'll bag 10 goals a season and he'll earn his wage and he'll go home happy. My guy is ripping. I mean, the prem. I mean, he did, he did, he did get, he did get promoted to Leeds, so not mid-table championship. I know, but I'm saying when he got relegated with Borough, like, yeah. then that's what I was thinking his level at because he scored two goals that season, and they were both in the yeah. cup, or I think one was in the league or whatever. But two goals that season, I'm thinking this guy, bruv. And then he goes to the championship, and I still like, I think his first season in the championship it wasn't that good or whatever. But obviously, when we talked about it, finding the right manager for you. And the right system, and he's and he's bagging goals in the prem. So I'm I'm surprised. And yeah, go on, Patrick Bamford. Big up. <laughs> um, in terms of surprise, I've got I've got a mixture of players and teams. My first one is really um, Chelsea. They bloody yeah. know how to defend now, which I don't like. 
I mean, last year I said many times, I don't think they knew how to practice defending or set pieces or anything like that. And they've racked up a few clean sheets. I think that, you know, they conceded like one goal in the last six games or so in all competitions, which that's probably one of the biggest surprises now. And they're probably now they've sorted out their defence a bit, brought in Zuma and Chilwell and Mendy. Um, so, yeah, that's probably good. That's why they're probably set up for having a decent season. And the other one I had was uh, Abamyang. I thought this guy would be mm. clapping goals. He's, he's a, he, I still think he might do, but um, only two goals, barely any shots. You know, this is this is a shooter. You know, and you know everyone would tip him to be one of the front runners for Golden Boot. And yeah, he just doesn't look like he's. he's not, he, we haven't seen him put away many chances, but to be fair, he hasn't been receiving many opportunities to score. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably mm. one of my two of my biggest surprises. Of all the bad things that Arsenal have, the one thing they do have is 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 a is a, is a shooter, and he's not really been a shooter right now. That's a good point. But he has been Can isolated say- on the left. So, but anyway, carry on. Can I say my two? Um, yeah, it's yeah. just come to me actually as we're talking. So, team, I think that's been a surprise is Southampton. Because we did speak about this um, in earlier episodes, you know, the lack of transfer activity. And they've, they've been on a decent run. I mean, we keep saying Hassan Hoot was such a good manager. And yeah, they look like they're having a good season. Obviously, Ings is injured. We'll see how they continue the season. I don't know how long he's out for, but I think they've been a bit of a surprise. And then the other player, I, I don't want to be biased, right? But he's a Tottenham player, Hoybier. The reason why this is just from personal perspective, because when we were linked with him and when we signed him, I was like, who is this guy? Southampton? Like, I wasn't excited, but I genuinely think he's probably one of our best signings this season. In terms of like the impact he's made, he's made such a difference to us. And his passing ability as well has surprised me. I didn't know he had yeah, that in his locker. That's one of the things mm. that shocked me. Like, he's, he's, he's like up there. He's like, He's got the most complete passing mm. yeah. in the Premier League, which is wild. You think it's just a two-foot match? Just, um, just to take credit, <laughs> me and Mark did say that, Tanya. Me and Mark did. I know say you that. did. You both did say that, but I just, I wasn't having it. I was like, nah. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're my two anyway. Uh, can I, um, can I throw one out? Yeah, there? go on. Um, so I had just a a, a biased one. Um, I had Gabriel. Yes. Um, I didn't yeah, think he'd he have was such my second an one. He was my second yeah, choice. Oh, yeah. sorry, did I interrupt your second? So no, 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 you, you didn't. Gave you your second one. You said Southampton and then Hoybier. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but in terms of player, in terms of player, that was like um, one that I was gonna go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I had um, I had Gabriel, um, Ross Barkley as well. Surprised me like, playing Ooh. against yeah. us. Um, and there's another one who's actually done a lot better than I thought he would, stepping up from another league. Is it Barry Eze? Mm. Yeah, I feel like he announced himself um, in the four-one win against Leeds. Like properly announced himself to the league. Yeah, um, he came. He came a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Um. So what's been? We'll we'll try to keep this uh this bit really short. Just uh your favorite game of the season so far. Cool. I mean, I'll kick us off again. Sorry, Tans. I'm just going to do it quickly because I've got. I've got, um, um, okay, so it, it was difficult. So I, I tried to leave um, Liverpool out of it, um, but I did kind of put Liverpool four leads free and just because it was the uh, first weekend of the season, yeah. belt of a game. I've got Chelsea free, Southampton free as my yeah. number two. But that, for me personally, there is only one number one here for best game of the season so far, and that's Spurs free, West Ham free. 
That oh. is my game. Oh, yeah. I forgot about That's that. For the circumstances, um, Spurs 3 and up and cruising. West Why, Ham, Mark? Kind of, Why? Was it, was it the 82nd minute onwards <laughs> yeah, they got yeah. all three goals? Yeah, it was. Just everything about that game screamed Premier League to me. Yeah. Um, and <sighs> for me, that's been the best game of the season so I far. concur, Mark. That, that You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to get you back for this, Mark. <laughs> they were, they uh, were on my list, this game. It was on my list. The, the the option, is it mad that I wrote that down as well? <laughs> yeah. well just one. The one that I went for was um, Chelsea and West Brom, 3-3. Free free. Mm. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a game of two halves. But I'm um, sorry, Mark, but the best game of the season by a million miles is Aston Villa Liverpool 17. Yes. I'm, I'm not even I'm saying it from a, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even saying I'm not even saying it from a perspective of Liverpool getting popped, but I'm just saying it's just like it it was the craziest game. I couldn't believe Crazy. it and I couldn't keep my eyes on it. Now listen, I've learned to, I've learned as you guys are well aware, like I took a like a week hiatus from there <laughs> after that. But not even football, like just Actual life now, but now I've learned to live with it and accept that it, it did happen. So that's completely fair enough. To be fair, that that weekend was was nuts. Like Man United got slapped um, one just before that as well. So it was a bit crazy. Yeah, some random team. We don't know who they got popped. Yeah, by. Nah. Some Yeah, I forgot allegedly. <laughs> but anyway, um, Charlie. Um, are you, so, what, you, no, yeah, 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 I said, uh, yeah, yeah, Spurs, West Ham. Yeah. No, I, I'll just, I'll just say Lanzini. I'll just wrap it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you cool. guys, man. <laughs> so, yeah, um, let's move on. Uh, so, uh, we obviously had an international break, and obviously, I, I can't stand international breaks. But we do have Euro 2020 coming up, and the groups have um, have been announced. They have been finally. Uh, finalized i guess and so in group a you've got turkey <laughs> italy wales and switzerland group b you've got denmark finland belgium and russia group c you've got holland ukraine austria and macedonia group d you've got england with croatia again uh scotland and oh. Czech republic in group e you've got spain sweden poland and slovakia and in group f which is my favorite group the uh, mad of, one. of in history uh hungary portugal france and germany oh um I how many times, yeah? How many times do Portugal get shagged when it comes to... I know. <laughs> they, they are in the group do. of death every bloody tournament. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I can't lie, because Portugal, <laughs> France and Germany, that is going to be a shootout in the group already. Mm-hmm. Well, can I, can I ask you quickly then, before we move on to chat about yeah. this? If you're hungry, are you, are you nervous or excited? <laughs> nervous? Like... How, when was the last time Hungary qualified for a, a major tournament? 2016. 2016. Oh, they, were in, they should uh, just drop out. They should just drop out now, I think. Can you, can you imagine Can you imagine if Hungary actually qualified? I, that's what I was about to say. Jeez, Jeez. Bro, like, Jeez. And anything can happen because it is tournament football. And yeah. Like, yeah, anything anything can happen. Chelsea, um, Germany got Timo Werner up on, so Hungary got Oh, stop it. <laughs> and these agendas are back. But, um, okay, honestly, like, having looked at the groups... Um, who do you think will go the furthest, in your opinion? Obviously, we don't know injuries and we don't know. So this is all like speculation and, and thoughts and opinions and agendas, if you're Abdi. Uh, but just uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts? I don't like you dismiss me all the time, man. <laughs> I know. England, because they're going to sack Gareth Southgate. No way. That's not happening. There's no way. And they're going to get Arsene Wenger. They're going to get Arsene Wenger and he's going to win the 
Tanya's a bit. No, I'm joking. Tanya, you need to go to bed. Yeah, you talk about, you about my head head nap. Tanya's on one. I don't know where that came from, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put my neck out and say Portugal again. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you know what? Tasty. Yeah, I, I was look. I was writing down some options earlier. Um, and and then I thought about Portugal, and you're so right. When you think they got Ronaldo, um, mm. Jota, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, just that kind of attacking Mad. four there, if they set up with four. Yao Felix. Yao Felix. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when you think about the attacking options, it, it's impressive. It's just um, typically, I, I always seem to think this with, with Portugal and, and Argentina. I don't know why those two teams, but it's always their defence that seems to let them mm. down. Yeah, they've got well, I mean, all the attacking prowess in the world. The last tournament, they, they went, yeah. yeah, I mean, they they were a bit shaky at the start, and then they tied up defensively, and they got to the final and won it. So we never yeah. know really, to be honest. But and also another yeah. one would also be France as well because of just the amount oh, of players yeah. they have. I'm gonna go yeah, with the yeah. um, kind of left, like proper left field. I feel like well, not proper left field because they are they are a good team, but I just feel like they they haven't produced the amount of quality in their in international uh team as they did in the past but i'm gonna go with holland um yeah i've got holland here as well. mainly because with no with no van dyke oh yeah oh uh, he's a terminal. He'll, bit... he's, he'll be back, man. He's a terminal. <laughs> uh, you know what? Because this is all speculation and thoughts and opinions. Let's. I'm going to go with Charlie. He's going to be back and he's going to lift. Yeah. Uh, he's going <laughs> to lift that trophy, in my opinion. And uh, another dark horse is watch out for Italy because they haven't lost in three years. So they've been quite. Yeah, they're, they're playing. They're playing like Andorra. And, uh... <laughs> uh, still, I mean, you got players in front of you. England play bums no, and Greek, mate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I've, I've also got, I've also got Belgium in here. Mm. Um, yeah, Belgium you, you can't, can't forget about them. You can't look past a team um, with the options that they've got. I've, I can never, um, I can never get behind a team that has Euro team. <laughs> we still haven't heard this agenda that he's got. But um, quickly, we'll wait. We'll save it for another episode. Yeah, yeah. We keep saying that. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but I have a quick question, yeah. Because I feel like uh, with Belgium, a lot of their stars are coming towards the end of their, yeah. um, you know, their careers. Uh, well, I don't want to say careers, but maybe international careers. Let's put it like that. Um, do you think that this is probably the last good opportunity to win a major? Because, uh, come on, they've got stars, but they've really underperformed mm. in tournaments. Yeah, I agree. Do you think this is the last? Well, you've got to look at eight, eight- you got to look at England's golden generation um, and just if it were that easy, Belgium would have, would have, would have won something. I guess there's so many factors behind why, but I think to answer your question, yes, I think it might be their last chance for a good while. Cool. Yeah. And plus like you've got guys like Hazard who've like taken two years off, man. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, he celebrated um, the other day, he scored a goal. That was his first goal in a year, in over a year. Uh, for Real Madrid. Mm. Um, cool. So uh, we'll move on. Um, so Mark posed an qu- uh, interesting question um, to mock up our uh, England eleven. Just out of the players that we have now, not talking about injuries. Don't worry about injuries. Just your favourite players. Um, who do you think should go to Euros? Basically, is what we're saying. Um, I'm not gonna lie. There, there were some agendas in my team, but um, 
I had a chat with Tanya at lunchtime and I and I've sorted it out just a, just a tad. But my my team was full of agendas. But um, we'll, we'll who wants to start with their team? Well, let's see your team. I'm I'm intrigued. <laughs> All right, okay. So um, Ingo, I've got Henderson. Uh, though he's not playing for um, for Man United at the moment. I think last year again at Sheffield United, he proved to be one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And I think he's probably, for me, I think he tips Pope. Um, I think what helps Pope is um, Burnley's defence a lot of the time, even though they're not performing well this season. But um, but I think Henderson is, is in my opinion, a, a better shot stopper, uh, good reactions, whatever. Anyway, I don't have to justify it. This is my team. Uh, then at right back, I've got uh, Trent. Uh, center back again, injuries permitting Gomez. Um, and then I originally removed Maguire from the team, uh, agenda, but and I had Ming, uh, but I'll put Maguire in there. But if he slips up just a little bit, Ming's is Ming's is in there or Cody. Um, England aren't really blessed with mm. center backs. Um, then at left back, I've got Chilwell. Then I've, I've gone for 4 3 3. I've got Jordan Henderson as the base along with. Uh, Rice or Foden and then Grealish just ahead of that then I've got um, so it was really tough to leave Rashford or Sancho out but I've got uh, Sterling and Kane and either um, Sancho or Rashford um, no you have to pick one there's no either. you have you have to okay in. I'm gonna go with Sancho um, but it's re- like Rashford ah, I don't know yeah no I'm gonna go yeah, with Sancho but yeah anyway that's me I could go next because mine's fairly similar to Junior's. So I've gone with a 4 3 3 as well. But I've gone for Pope in goal. I think anyone's better than Pickford, to be honest. So you put Pope <laughs> or Henderson. So I've gone with that. And then I've gone for Trent, obviously, as the right back. Um, Chilwell as the left back. And then centre backs, we're not blessed with good centre backs, are we? Let's be honest. But I've gone for Gomez and Maguire. Um, and then my midfield, Henderson. Grealish, Madison, up front, it's only going to be Harry Kane. Like, there's just no argument with that one. And then I've gone with Rashford. And then I also have a dilemma, Sancho or Sterling. I don't know. No, there's no dilemma. You've got to pick. I'm going to go, go with Sancho. Your name's not Kelly Rowland. Oh, I love Sancho, so I'm going to go with Sancho. Okay. Abby, cool. You can't do that. Just a very creative midfield. <laughs> Uh, I oh, won't. So I can got... give you mine. I can give you mine, but I won't be uh, I'm in an R and like you guys are. All right. Um, be quiet. Yeah. I go. I go Same with Henderson. I go with Henderson in goal. Um, okay. Like you guys, the centre backs, we're not blessed either. But I'm gonna put put my chest out and say I'm gonna put Rice as a centre back. All right. With, um, with no, but this is this is because Gomez. I, I'm gonna be real. Gomez is not gonna be yeah, there. Yeah, I, I didn't really rate so Gomez. Yeah. I would I would have gone Gomez and Mings, but I'm going with Rice and Mings. Because you know, I, my agenda with Maguire, I can't, I can't be out here saying Maguire, man. That's just fake. Agendas. And um, all back to like you guys, I've gone with Trent yeah. and Chilwell. Midfield, I've gone with Henderson at the base, and I'm going with Madison and Greenish as the two eights. Hey, come on. Um, you may say, oh, okay, that's not defensive enough, but last World Cup, last World Cup, they had Henderson with Ali and Lingard, so you know it's pretty much the same concept, but two better, you know, attacking, you know, Definitely. well, you know, attacking midfielders, isn't it? Um, up front, I want as much goal for it as possible. I like Sancho, but I'm definitely going to go with um, Sterling because he has the best off-the-ball movement probably of anyone in Premier League. And we've got Rashford on the left, and then obviously mm. the best player, in, in, for England's best player is Harry Kane. So I'll go with as much goal for it as, uh, uh, in my front three as possible. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, 
I like that. No, no actually, it's done. not bad. Right. Yeah. It's not. I have, um, like everyone here so far, completely dropped Jordan Pickford <laughs> out of the whole conversation. Yeah. Um, so I've gone for Nick Pope in goal. Um, if you've listened to these podcasts for a while, you'll know I'm a big fan of Nick Pope. So mm. he gets that spot for me. Uh, I've gone Trent at right back. Um, I have gone for Maguire at centre-back. And I tell you one of the reasons, one of the reasons is because other than Harry Kane, England carry very little yeah. aerial yeah. threat from corners, free oh, kicks. Oh, yeah, fair enough, yeah. And it just, yeah. Adds, it just adds a slightly different dimension mm. playing than going into that tournament. That will probably be needed, let's be honest. Um, and then I've gone for Gomez and Chilwell to complete the back four. I've gone for Declan Rice at the base of my midfield. Um, and I've gone for Jordan on the Jordan Henderson on the right side of a three uh, to to kind of continue the role that he plays for Liverpool in terms of um, if Trent moves forward he'll drop in and by, and kind of mop up play there. And then I've gone for Jack Grealish on the left of a three, but the more advanced of the three. So uh, Declan Rice, Jordan Henderson, and Jack Grealish. And then my front three I've gone for Sterling, Kane, and Sancho. That's the yes. eleven that I'd like to see. That's nice. I like that. And uh, Charlie? Um, I actually created two, um, but I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with the second one. I'll probably get slated for it because of the way they've been... To be honest, I just have to throw out there, I, no, other that. than cup competitions, I don't watch England. Um, Fair enough. I don't watch England in friendlies. I don't Fair watch England enough. in the Nations League. I would watch them if I had nothing else Dang. to do. But yeah, <laughs> So I've gone with... I've gone with... Pope in goal, of course. Um... I've gone with a back three of Carl Walker, Joe Gomez, and Tyrone Mings. Um, okay, decent. I've gone with Trent as the right wing back. I think the only one you can go with. Uh, ben Chilwell as the left wing back. Um, Jordan Henderson and Declan Rice. And I've chosen this lineup because there's a player I want to accommodate for, and that's Rashford. Um, he has to be in that starting 11, um, 100%. Um, Harry Kane up top and then Raheem Sterling on the right. Yep. Um, mm. And if Elneny was English, he'd be in that centre midfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, Charlie. Charlie, you've gone with seven defenders. Yeah, like well, Gareth Southgate. See, yeah. Yeah, what's going on there? The defensive player. Do you know what? I wouldn't play it like him, though. though. He, yeah. he plays the them as a five. I'd play it as a three at the back with two real wing mm. backs. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That Southgate guy, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> well, it's a good segue because uh, we're here to talk about Southgate now. Um, I just have a quote from him. He goes, we were able to oh, make five changes against Belgium. We made four in the end and clubs don't have that option. Uh, what will it take for that to change? Uh, there were a couple of less serious injuries against Belgium. But what do we do? Wait until we get a load of really nasty, nasty ones. Um, the only real thing I'll, I'll take from this is can we sub... Southgate out of England and get a different manager in. Yeah, uh, he 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 needs to just bugger off. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that. But um... yeah, he just Southgate just seems like you know them supply teachers, yeah. <laughs> who when someone says to them, one of the students <laughs> say to him, "Oh, you're you're a legend, man. I wish you were a real teacher." And then he gets that is Southgate, man. Cool. Well, this has been uh, a really, really good episode. Um, I think our listeners will, will take a lot from, from it. Uh, we didn't do Man of the Week because there's been no club football. Uh, but we'll be back on that 
Um, can we give it? Yeah, give it to Charlie. I was just gonna say that. You stole it. All right, so you want me to? You want me to say? Choose. No, no, you are the man. No, you are the man. You don't. You don't get an award or anything. Just, just feel gleeful that you were picked. Just feel it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You can post that on your social media now. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's it. Unless I'm forgetting something. Uh, oh, wait, just just before we lock off, every Premier League game will be live again. Um, and we've lost the box office nonsense. So uh, Thank God. praise the Lord for that. And uh, Oh, no, I was going to pay 14 <laughs> What a shame. Uh, anyway. Have you got... Have you got just before we have you got you've still got the boo again, Sam? Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we just play that for the pay per view? Now that it's finally gone. I, 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 <laughs> more, I have to do it in, in, in yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so this has been episode sixty one. Thank you again, Charlie, for joining us. Um I really enjoyed it. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it's been, been a pleasure. Thanks for and, having me. Um, yeah, uh, follow us on socials at WTATL official. We'll post Charlie's uh, socials uh, for his uh, Beyond Football stuff as well in our um, descriptions. And we'll be back next week as we always are. Cool. Woo. Take care, guys. Peace. Peace. Out. Take Bye. care. Bye. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.